0: My name is Patrick and I'll be your Chief Flight Attendant today. We'll begin boarding in a few minutes, but first I'd like to acquaint you with some important safety information. All right, Space Rangers, listen up. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox.
1: And I'm Kyle Skinner.
0: And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode we will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com, or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness, Kyle. Um, so we're coming off of our funniest Pixar character bracket yep. and uh, sad to report that we've lost two Disney comedy legends since the recording of that episode in Estelle Harris, AKA Mrs. Potato Head, who we did talk about on that episode, as well as Gilbert Gottfried, voice of Iago from Aladdin. Um, so uh, I, I, it was a fun episode, but it kind of got a sour taste in my mouth, I guess.
1: Yeah, especially after how much we talked about how Mrs. Potato had really stole the show uh, in this following Toy Story sequel. So it was really sad to see. Um, same with Gilbert Gottfried. As much as we roast the character Iago, can't deny the comedy legend that is Gilbert Gottfried. So, uh, yep, it's, it's sad to see them go. Um, but... You know, I'm glad that we can celebrate them forever on a show like this, uh, on a podcast like this. Doesn't sound like we're going to get too far into them or any other comedy legends in this bracket, as we are talking about the best Disneyland queue. Now, what does that mean?
0: What does that mean, Kyle? (laughs) Because this was a this was a conversation we went back on and forth on uh, for for a bit to try to determine what is a queue. And what is a pre-show? And it's, it's back to our all rectangles are squares, but not all squares are rectangles thing.
1: Exactly. So how we defined it in a long text thread that also involved us sending each other examples and asking each other to define whether or not this is a cue or a pre-show. A cue begins at the entrance of the attraction to the very start of the main attraction. Pre-shows are a part of the queue, but a pre-show cannot be a queue on its own. Example, the stretching room in the Haunted Mansion is a pre-show that happens in the middle of the queue. So it, it's not a queue itself. It's just part of a queue. While the Tiki Garden pre-show for the Enchanted Tiki Room is a pre-show, but it is not a queue. Because that is just the place that you sit and the pre-show happens and then you go into the actual show. Um, because you can also queue up outside, uh, and by the, the Dole Whip float bar, you can, you can kind of queue up wherever you want, or you can sit for the pre-show. So that's why that one does not count as a queue. Uh, and, and you'll kind of understand it as we go. And we're going to do an entire separate pre-show bracket one of these days, but in order to make sense of this craziness of this weird definition that we have of a queue, we had to bring in an expert. And you know who it is? It is our powerhouse, Tess. Tess, welcome back to the podcast.
2: I'm so excited to be here, even if it's just because I'm I'm the nerdiest listener that you guys have. Um, you know, it's I, I thought we had outdone ourselves with uh, best uh, Disneyland parade and all the other brackets I've been on, but um, this bracket's definitely going to be the nerdiest for sure.
1: And it's only going to get weirder, more obscure and nerdier from here as we have to find topics to talk about to keep this show going. So we're going to be nitpicking from here on out. That's for sure. Um,
0: Um, I
2: do. I do have to show off my fit because in honor of Chris being back from spring training, I do have my giant mini ears on. Hey,
0: (laughs) Let's go. And
2: since it's springtime, I have some Bambi earrings and I don't know if this is. I don't know if it's a springtime, but I've got Miko with the Mickey Waffle on at the mad tea party. So it is too cold to be wearing this outfit at nine in the morning, but we're we're here.
0: What a <laughs> combo. We got the young Prince Bambi and hey, you know, uh Kyle Matson reached out to us last night and, and predicted a Giants World Series win. What the heck? He did. He sure did. <laughs>
1: Mouse Madness is on that giant's bandwagon, that's for sure. I guess so.
0: Well, um, folks, we are recording um, on the morning on the West Coast, but it is never too early for a spoonful of sugar. Kyle, what are you drinking in California?
1: Yep. Morning recording. So I've got myself a nice cup of coffee. Got to wake myself up a little bit so we can start talking about these cues. And I just went for the normal stuff. Uh, this is gonna get me going. I love starting my mornings with coffee, so it's exactly what I want and where I want to be. Chris, how's it going in the lovely city of Cleveland?
0: Yeah, so Tess, I am back from spring training, but I'm gone again. Uh, this oh. <laughs> this episode is being recorded from my hotel room in Cleveland, Ohio, and um, I was kind of like, okay, so what am I gonna do for alcohol? Um, well, I'm here in Cleveland. Do I go down to the hotel bar and get myself a mixed drink? Do I bring something from home, a little little mini bar for myself? Um, but <laughs> then it hit me. Hey, this is a great opportunity for a new segment. Um, and, I, and I don't know what to call it. Maybe we can workshop it. We have two options. Um, this is Chris's Suva beer or, <laughs> or we can call it a sour veneer. Uh, where I will go to um, various cities throughout the U.S. this summer and hopefully snag some local brews that are, I pray to God, are sour ales. Um, so, so we've got one. Uh, I, I've managed to find a liquor store near my hotel, um, and I went in and I found a Cleveland beer. This is from Platform Beer Company, um, and this is a sour ale. It's called Blue Martian. And it's got Ooh. kind of like a Futurama looking dude say. on the top. Um, he's like a blue alien and it looks like he's getting like a slushy into his dome. Um, <laughs> on the side of the can, it says overfruited slushy style sour ale. Notes, blueberry, vanilla, and tart. And I got to tell you, I have not had a blue sour ale before. And I'm very nope. excited to try this one. So uh let's give it a shot. Um it is noon here in um Cleveland. So I uh, you know what? Wow. Don't don't mind um <laughs> doing a little, I guess, happy hour after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, no so it way. looks like it looks like it's kind of like purplish in color. Okay, let's give it s let's give it a little sip. Here we go. I got bad news. Uh-oh. I got bad news. Uh-oh. I don't know if it's because I just had a couple of Altoids before we hopped on the call here, but <laughs> I'm getting like I'm getting like uh, like expired grape juice vibes from it. Oh, um, don't want that. But you know, tomorrow is Easter Sunday, so I might just use this as my communion. Um, <laughs> Tess, what are you drinking today?
2: Okay, pause. My my my. What is this called? Spoonful just got delivered. Hold on.
1: <laughs> oh boy.
2: I ordered it like so long ago, and they took 30 minutes to accept the order. So it just got dropped off. That's they had to wait though. for the
1: store to open.
2: <laughs> no, and it would have been closed on the app. Oh my gosh.
1: Oh, that's true.
2: I know, Dobby. Nothing, nothing for you. Okay. So I am dog-sitting in Long Beach, and so I wanted to check out a local coffee shop, although I think this is a franchise all over down here. But I ordered some stereoscope coffee, Hmm. and um, I had to get two coffees because, you know, delivery minimum, the whole shebang. (laughs) So I got a hot, um, like... What is this? Like not Mexican hot chocolate, but like a Mexican like latte, you know? Ooh. So let's try this. Yeah. So it has that like, like cinnamon chocolate kind of feel to it. So it's pretty good. And then I'm not a hot coffee person. So I got a nice latte. um, (laughs)
1: How do you even it out?
2: (laughs) With uh, the syrup I added is ganache. And I don't know what that means. Is there a a chocolate ganache in my iced coffee? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's like a little, yeah, it's a little candy. Oh, oh, Uh oh, oh,
2: oh. So I also decided to be fancy and add oat milk because I don't know.
0: Um, (laughs) Oh, oat milk's good.
2: Oat milk is good. I don't know. Yes, this is, yes, it's like a thick or like not a thick, uh, like a rich chocolate flavor with oat milk latte. Very interesting. The Mexican um, latte is much sweeter. Anyway, that's what I've got. I got a lot of caffeine this morning, so you're welcome, listeners.
0: (laughs) All right. Very
1: good. It's time to talk about our demographics. So we are talking Disneyland Resort queues. And so, of course, we had to get our interns back into the parks. We had to send them back and we had to chat with the people on the ground. And the demographic that they chose were people who were excited about the nighttime spectacular offerings that are happening at the Disneyland Resort. So if you live under a rock, World of Color is coming back. Uh, Main Street Electrical Parade is coming back. Fireworks are coming back. And with all of these offerings come these little little treats. We got some, some little desserts. We got some little popcorn bucket-esque little figurines. And not only was the internet aglow, with joy, but so were the folks visiting the parks, and so it was not hard to find these people. And the interns asked, you know, what is the favorite queue? What is your all-time favorite Disneyland attraction line to stand in? And we got sixteen great choices, but of course, not all of them made it. Some missed the dance. And Chris, uh, what's what's one or two for you?
0: Well, one, uh, I Kyle and Tess, I, I appreciate a fast-moving queue. Sure. I think everyone does. I don't know that there's a lot of people that are like, you know what, this moves this queue's moving a little too fast. Why don't, don't we slow this, this bad boy pay. down? Hey, hey, people <laughs> at the front. What do you do you mind slowing down causing commotion <laughs> so I can stand here for a little bit longer? Um, and this is like this is kind of a weird sort of uh queue that I don't mind standing in. It's the Ariel's uh, undersea adventure queue. Um, because it's always moving quick. Um, it's a ride I like to hop on. I mean, it's it's a good little uh, layup of an attraction to get on your agenda for the day, you know? Um, and and yeah. part of that is credited to how quickly the queue moves. It's a pretty boring <laughs> queue. It's just like one giant switchback and then you hop inside and there's a big mural of the Little Mermaid on the wall. But um, you know what? It's shaded. Keeps you cool on a hot Southern California day. So I don't mind it at all hey, maybe I'll go in the opposite direction and choose a cue that I'm really glad is not on this bracket. And um, that is uh, Radiator Springs Racers. Yeah. Um, th- to, to me, this is one of the worst cues in either park. And it's a shame because it's such a popular attraction. Um, the overflow just ends up being a, a series of spirals going around that big roadway outside of the arch um, and then once you get actually into the main queue section, it's just a few switchbacks under some like sheds. Um, and the music loop is absolutely brutal. Um, it's not, I don't think it's Roger Miller. Um, but it is something, I want to say it's something very similar <laughs> to that. Um, I, it's only like three songs or something. And it just, uh, just don't like it. Don't like it at all um, total missed opportunity there. Kyle, what are some missed the dance for you?
1: Yeah. So the first one is also in Cars Land and it is Luigi's Relic and Roadsters, an attraction that we do not talk about often on this, uh, this podcast, unless it's in the worst attractions discussion. But the queue is not that bad. You walk in and you're in Luigi's little tire shop. And there are examples of tires on the walls and you get to walk around the little shop and see all of the tires. And then you exit out the back of the garage and you are out on the little dancing platform. And there's a bunch of of those like um, marquee flags and and the backdrop is all painted like it's it's really enjoyable queue. Uh, but it's often too long, uh, I think. And it is also not a great attraction. So I don't want to stand in it. And a sleeper for me, that I think maybe could have snuck in there at the 16th seed, the Matterhorn queue. Now hear me out. When it overflows, you get to walk around the mountain. And I enjoy that. I like to see the facade, the outside of the mountain as I wrap around. And then once you hit that little Bavarian overhang, oh boy, welcome to yodel town. And it is time to sit and enjoy some yodel music as you wait for your bobsled to pull up. I enjoy that a lot, so I think that the Matterhorn definitely missed the dance. Well, Tess. that's
2: that, well, and that's the only way that you can hear the yodeling because before it right. became the scary Matterhorn, you would just yodel while going through the mountain, and now you can only <laughs> yodel in line.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh man, what are uh, a few or, or one for you, Tess?
2: Um, I wrote down Matterhorn as well, and then one of mine. Uh, I I can't say that I've stood in the queue all that much because I. Usually, I used to fast pass it, and now I just, um, I don't know. I don't have a lot of memories of waiting the queue, but just like how your and Nina's favorite drinking spot is out by the Luigi's Roadsters, my favorite yep. drinking spot is by Grizzly River Run, um, especially ah. during geyser season and watching people getting drenched by the geyser while you were buzzed. It's a very, very good pastime. So it's queue adjacent, but it's just the whole experience of being in the Grizzly River Run area is just really pleasing. So the queue, I don't hate the queue that much. Um, Not that I've waited in it for an extended period of time because I refuse to wait in it for a long period of time. But the queue itself is
0: fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, neither of you, um, and especially you, Kyle, mentioned uh, It's a Small World where, you know, As we have talked about on this podcast, anything can happen in the It's a Small World (laughs) line. We've seen seen kids flying into the water (laughs) on It's a Small World. We've seen fights a couple of times in the It's a Small World queue. Um, It is a place that breeds... Uh, a little, little bit of insanity, I think, with that music and uh, that that ticking sound, click clap, click <laughs> clap.
2: Well, it's also it's also an entrance or exit for parades. So sometimes they kind of slow down the queue on purpose to let the extended queue watch oh. the daytime enter- entertainment. So that Mandy and I have gotten stuck in a line one time, which is fine because we got to watch uh, whatever parade was going on. So that that part can be fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, Did either so. of you happen to catch the TikTok uh this week of the Kardashians on the Mad Tea Party and they basically oh, yes. like, went in through the exit and stopped the entire queue. Yeah. <laughs> and they all had to sit and watch the Kardashians ride the <laughs> Mad Tea Party <laughs> by themselves.
2: With the security guard and another and another Yeah,
1: in their tea own teacups. He's on his yeah. own
0: teacup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that would be definitely a a once-in-a-lifetime queue experience. All right, we've got our uh, Miss the Dance out of the way. We've got 16 Disneyland Resort queues to break down in the best Disneyland Resort queue bracket. Let's announce them. First off, let's queue up that dramatic music. Kyle, take us away.
1: Throwing its part guests in jail at the number one seed is Rise of the Resistance.
0: Jumping up and down at the number two seed is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout.
1: Making Star Wars nerds' dreams come true at the three seed is Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run.
0: You could say that this cue snakes its way to the front at number four, it's Indiana Jones Adventure.
1: Pulling bodies to the dead center of the room at the number five seed is Haunted
0: Mansion. Having a zippity-doo-dah time at the 6th seed is Splash Mountain.
1: Taking guests to school at the 7th seed is Spider-Man Web Slingers.
0: Hope you've got a round-trip ticket for the number 8 seed It's Star Tours.
1: Taking you to the Old West at the nine seed is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Nailed it.
0: With sudden turns, stops, and drops at the number 10 seed it's Space Mountain.
1: Exploring the Boathouse at the 11th seed is the Jungle Cruise.
0: Having a safe flight at the number 12 seed is Soarin'.
1: Making your way through Toontown at the 13th seed is Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin.
0: Intergalactically arriving at the number 14 seed is Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters.
1: Making its way down Feets Landing at the 15th seed is Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Free the number 16 seed <laughs> Cause he's been in there a while three, <laughs> at number 16 and rounding out the bracket is Mickey's house. Tess, we've got 16 here. Any early favorites for you?
2: Um, I don't want to give away my hand, but I am prepared for, oh. um, a lot of upsets, to be honest. You know, I think the seat, the seating oh. at first glance makes sense, but then when you actually dive into it, um, I have, I have some opinions.
1: Perfect show right. to bring him to. Okay. Let's start off with this uh, first matchup. Chris, you want to take it? You want to take yeah. a, a little well, journey sure. into
0: Ninty's house? Sure. I, I think before we dive into it, I, I want to talk a little bit about a theme park experience, Kyle, you and I both had last weekend. Yeah. yeah. We, t- we, took a little, we took a little trip down to California's Great America. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> it was my first time there. Hopped on with Julia and Elizabeth B., Yep. Uh, my sister and, and former guest mouse co-host and uh, guest, Ma- what did, what did I just say? <laughs> That's What, what did I, I just like say?
1: Co-hosts are called guest mouse.
2: <laughs> guess Wait, you guys have to come up with that now. Guest mouse.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> guest mouse. Former guest host on Mouse Madness. Um, and it and and it, we had kind of been starting to think about cues uh, when we went down there, and so I was really kind of taking it in. While we were there and, and observing the lines that had cut tolerable cues and the lines that had very intolerable cues and how important those cues were to the flow of our day. Um, and I would like to point yeah. out that we waited in the Railblazer line twice, uh, both for about an yeah. hour. The line was relatively slow moving because of the uh single file seating and the fast pass or fast lane or whatever it's called there at uh Great America kind of slowing down the standby um but the thing about that queue that made it worth standing in or at least um you know wasn't awful was you could watch the ride um Tess you were talking about Grizzly right. River Run and it's fun to watch uh people enjoying the attraction and especially a single rail coaster like Railblazer, is very aesthetically pleasing to look at. It's sort of like a piece of, um, art. I can't remember what we called it when we were talking about, uh, the clock of the world or whatever in, in one of our old opening day Disney brackets, but like, so, uh, uh motion, uh, something motion. No. no? Okay. Um,
1: kinetic energy.
0: Kinetic energy, a little kinetic energy while you are uh, standing in the queue. Um, And I think that's an important thing to think about, Uh, even though it's not something that we see on a lot of these attractions just because there are show elements that get introduced into the queue. But it goes to show that, you know, a good queue is worth standing in. Yeah. Um, And there is an art to... Not making people frustrated when they stand in line, because on the flip side, we waited about forty-five minutes for Demon, at Great America, <laughs> and that was the moment in our day that we started planning how we're going to leave the park.
1: That that led to a a group breakdown. We were we were yeah. done.
0: <laughs> well, Julia was putting her hair into ponytails and helicoptering, and uh, Elizabeth was. <laughs> Singing opera or something—I <laughs> don't remember—but um yeah, it was in that queue. We said, "All right, I think this is it. I think we're gonna do one more ride on Railblazer and then we're out of here." Yeah. Um So a bad queue, on the other hand, can affect your day and and make you want to leave and therefore stop s- spending money at the amusement park that you're at. Um. So I think Disney takes this type of stuff very seriously. You know, they know um, how important it is to have a, a themed queue and a queue worth standing in. Um, and that's why Disney is really known as kind of a, uh, the gold standard in this area. Right. Um, so let's talk about their latest masterpiece in rise of the resistance. Um, this, this attraction when it was, uh still kind of in the planning phases and construction phases uh the word on the street was oh this the attraction is going to start when you enter the queue right i mean as soon as as soon as you cross under that little archway that tells you how long you're waiting like the ride has begun um and what is technically a 9 or 10 minute ride is actually like a 25 or 30 minute uh experience <laughs> um and i think it got a lot of people excited and um you know, looking at how it uh, you know, ended up, I think that's definitely true. Uh-huh. You know, uh, you've got the uh, holding cell room. You've got the room full of the stormtroopers that is a photo op if you are allowed to stop in that area. Um, you've got a couple of different little pre shows, got Admiral Akbar's uh, transport ship, and you've got a Ray hologram. Um, and that's after, you know, you stand in a relatively uh, serene. Type of uh, environment outside, uh, lots of trees, lots of cliffs, uh, very well themed, uh, intricate rockwork, good music. Yeah. Um. So, I, I'm not exactly sure what waiting in that queue looks like, just because I've only waited in it one time, and it was with a uh, uh, boarding group. Yeah. So I don't really know what the, like true standby experience is like, and how tolerable it is, but um. I mean it's it's a beast, it's for sure worthy of the number one seed, yeah. um and then on the flip side, we got our boy Mick, we've got the sixteenth seed, Mickey's house, and we've talked about this one before um this is this is a long and winding road uh deep into Mickey's house that is apparently much larger than it looks on the outside. um you hop in and you've got his calendar that Kyle, like you pointed out um a few months ago is is set to what nineteen 19- 30 30s. something yeah um so mickey's been in this house for almost a hundred years <laughs> he's um and he, he <laughs> free my I boy mean, listen this <laughs> southern california piece of real estate that mickey owns uh <laughs> bought it in the 30s this thing has got to be worth a couple million, Oh yeah and he's got a, a few hundred percent over on his investment <laughs> so um yeah. I mean, if I'm Mickey, I might be huddling onto that uh, little piece of real estate, not giving it up anytime soon. Um, hey, but maybe he can throw it on Zillow, get a couple of renters in there. Um, I mean, because <laughs> the mortgage the is probably paid off by now, you know?
1: He's got the room for it.
0: He could Airbnb that that <laughs> <point. laughs> I would stay there. So um, you walk in and you've got Mickey's house He's got all the normal stuff you'd find in a house. He's got a kitchen. He's got a laundry room. He's got a living room. Then you go deeper and deeper into uh, Mickey's house uh, where you eventually reach a movie screen. Um, and there's a small switchback section um, that leads into one of two or three doors, depending on how many Mickeys are working that day. <laughs> um, and, then you, and then you get to go meet the goat. Meet him yourself. Yeah. Um, That uh, movie reel is an interesting component of this cue and a number of other cues on this bracket. Um, Another way to keep guests uh, somewhat entertained while they're literally just functioning as uh, a cow um, in a holding pen, (laughs) essentially um which can be brutal, you know, when when you don't have any other way to pass the time. Um other theme parks we see people playing games like uh heads up um <laughs> or doing some summer camp games like playing the game of snaps right. and stuff like that uh to pass the time, but I like the addition of the of the film reel, you know. Um I think when we are comparing these two there really is not a competition. It's got to be rise of the resistance for me. Um, just in the way that it uh, is kind of a multi sensory experience. Um and the immersion begins. I mean, I don't wanna say there's no immersion when you walk through the doors of Mickey's living room, <laughs> but um it's a little bit different when you're on Batu. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going with the number one here. But shout out to Mick. Hope you get out one day. yeah,
1: hope hope Mickey gets freed. Uh, there's some immersion in Mickey's house. It's uh nineteen ninety three Toontown immersion is what that immersion is. Very rubbery looking surfaces very glossy looking surfaces it almost feels like you are <clears throat> you are in a theme park when you go through mickey's house i don't know how else to explain it it just feels cart oh, like obviously it's supposed to feel cartoonish because you're in toontown but the way in which they surfaced everything gives big like mcdonald's playhouse vibes at times mm. uh just the way that it's you know shiny and glossy and almost rubbery looking. Yeah, I agree with you. Rise of the Resistance is just a great queue. There's a lot of details within the queue that we can dive into next time. Um, and plus, I mean, it's the whole queue is getting you through a hidden resistance base. And that comes out great. I mean, you go through this forest, you make your way over to this kind of like side of side of like the rock hills at the back of Batuu and all of a sudden there's a little entrance behind a waterfall. Like how sick is that? And then all of a sudden you're like underground through these excavated tunnels with exposed wiring and all of their like weapon storage and their suits and all that. And then, you know, second half of that queue is an experience from Ray's hologram to getting locked in a jail cell and getting broken out. Like there's just so much there. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Free my boy Mickey! Get him out of that backyard! Get him out of Toontown lockdown! Uh, but it's Rise for me. Tess, do you agree with our decision here?
2: Um, I'm gonna be learning as I go. You explained to me what cues mean, and I just, you know, I'm just gonna nod and smile and pretend I know. Um, but now that I know that the immersive part of Rise. I agree but if we were just talking about once you before you step into the room with Ray and um, BBA if it was just the indoor part of the boring indoor part of the queue and then the outdoor stuff I would have had Mickey's house going on Um, because I don't sure I don't need the the weaponry and the suits I don't really care about that stuff but now that I know it's the immersive part I get it I get it
1: yeah the queue ends when the attraction begins.
2: Hey, those stormtroopers. I mean, they're an attraction within itself, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) they're they're a pre-show bit to the longest queue in the world. All right, let's talk about this next matchup. It's the number eight star tours versus the number nine, big thunder mountain railroad. Okay. Star tours. If you've ever looked at a video or a, uh, an image of the, uh, Adventure Through Inner Space attraction that took up Star Tours beforehand, Uh, you'll see that the minute that you walk into the Star Tours building, the layout is exactly the same. Um, I I like that about Star Tours' queue uh, because I like those little nods to Park's History Pass a lot. Um, And there's a lot of other little bits and pieces of Adventures Through Inner Space, uh, you know, Easter eggs throughout the queue. But uh, really, the queue... For this attraction begins outside. Uh, if it's a busy day, you are stuck in some switchbacks outside of the building until you make it back through the sign that says how long you are going to be waiting for, and then you enter the very, very nicely air-conditioned Star Tours building. So you enter, and it's a great, grand uh, image that you encounter of the Star Speeder Three Thousand. Uh, C3PO and RTD2 sitting on it. They're having a little dialogue. And then on your right, you have a massive, kind of, you know, travel agent esque uh, terminal, airport terminal esque uh, screen that is advertising trips to all of the different Star Wars planets, uh, explaining what this tour service is. It's a really nice entry point into the attraction and to give you a sense of what you're going to get yourself into. Plus, I mean, They had to put some of those iconic uh, Star Wars characters in at the front to tie people in. I think like Disneyland's history has been riddled with the issue of the guests don't get it. (laughs) And so if you name attraction star tours, people may not get the pun. So how to make them understand what they're about to encounter Put literal Star, Star Wars characters in at the front. And then they're, they're going to be like, this is the Star Wars ride. Okay, I understand the pun now. So after you make it through that room, you almost think that, okay, now I, I, we're going to load up. But oh no, you got another little switchback. And you get our boy, Patrick Warburton, as a droid who is running the customs of this air terminal. terminal, terminal. Uh, And he is checking bags, he is checking our body scans, he's making jokes as we are snaking our way back up that ramp uh, into the place where we get our our glasses. Uh, We get put into these little holding pens and up at the top we get one of those Sorin-esque screens that has a robot who is explaining to us what we're about to encounter. He's giving us the safety spiel. And in between all of these bits, we have these small little vignettes of what is happening on the platform on the other side of the, the wall. So there's like uh the star speeder is getting lowered down or actually lifted up to us. We have like droids falling into the open pit of the star speeder holding pit. Uh, and it's it's funny because unless you're watching it, you don't see those things. And it's just a nice way to pass the time. So that's that's about it for Star Tours. Uh, it's up against number nine, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, over in Frontierland, and this is a fun queue because it you're almost making your way through the mountain before you even load up onto the mountain. The queue, if it's overflowing, you get kind of stuck in the area right in front of Rancho del Zocalo, and you're just involved in a bunch of switchbacks, which can be actually pretty brutal because there is not a ton of shade over there. So if you're stuck in that area for a long time, not great. Now it's probably pretty fun because you get Mirabelle standing over your shoulder in her little new spot. It used to be like Woody would be over there. So there would be some sort of entertainment that you could watch, but it can get brutal to get stuck out there. You make your way through and you're going through all of the, this like red rock work. Uh, you You walk down a slope and you end up With the uh, Rainbow Ridge town on your right, you get to hear some of the town dialogue, some of the town sounds, which is a really nice immersion factor. You don't realize it until you're in the queue, but there's a little creek that runs through the middle of the queue that adds some of that kinetic energy of the moving water and makes it feel like you're not standing in the middle of this desert, but more so maybe a desert oasis. And then also you get the train kind of rattling around you, which is similar to what Chris brought up with our great America trip and rail blazer is that being able to see the train keeps people interested and keeps people wanting to continue to stand in this queue. Uh, you make your way up the platform and then it turns into a, a very typical landing zone, uh, loading zone for a coaster where there's two sides for two tracks with the turnstile and then the gated waiting areas and you get put into your places. So, uh, for this matchup, I think that I'm going to go ahead and go with Star Tours. I think that the theming is great. I think that they do a lot of great with the different rooms to keep them different enough uh, so that you're not just going from one Star Tours themed room to another. You're going from one story to another in your journey to taking this tour of the galaxy. Uh, Big Thunder is great. The vibes are immaculate as you're standing in, those, in that queue. But when it comes to the storytelling, the air conditioning, the building of the hype for what you're about to encounter, the queue for Star Tours just just does that. So I'm going to go with the eight seed here.
0: Uh, one thing that I really miss about Star Tours, um, at least when it comes to the queue, um, is the old... A uh, woman who used to do the uh, safety <clears throat> spiel. Uh, oh, yeah. She was absolutely incredible yeah. with the little side hairdo and the, the, the uh, very expressive eyebrows. That's right. <laughs> uh, she was definitely a, a classic uh, Disney Parks character in our household uh, over the years. So uh, miss her. Uh, miss the kid uh, doing the surprise uh, photo of Chewbacca in that in <laughs> that, uh, that little reel as well. Um, but I do like you said, love the inclusion of uh, Patrick Warburton as well as the this number of sight gags and and small little, like you said, Easter eggs that they've um, kind of added to the attraction. Um, there's an Easter egg in the the baskets that are going around the uh, the like ceiling at Star Tours. I can I, off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly what it is
1: it's it's the um going through this the bag scanner that is below patrick when you're going up the thing and it's a it's the microscope from adventures oh, through Inner Space is in okay. it's like a mini one that's in somebody's bag and it sits there and stops for a second
0: got it okay yeah yeah, uh, like you pointed out, I love that nostalgia element of Star, War- Star Tours. And the overflow queue of Star Tours is like this giant room um, that is indoors and uh, you know, up against the overflow queue at uh, Big Thunder that's outdoors. I think that definitely um, has an advantage there. Um, but I do love the Big Thunder Mountain queue, um, especially when it comes to roller coasters. Um, I just really appreciate a themed coaster yeah. as well as a themed coaster queue um just because they're so hard to come by outside of Disneyland totally um love uh, like you said the water in that little middle area mm-hmm. um and and that that pocket of big thunder queue is i would say it's like the most frontierland feeling place in all of frontierland God, um, where yeah. you have that big w- big water wheel um it's a little bit tainted by the uh, number of pennies in the <laughs> water um <laughs> and, and occasional parks maps or potentially fake 100 dollar bills but um i mean on the other hand it gives that nice little bronze uh shine to the the bottom of the uh body of water that i don't know maybe feels a little bit like gold rushy or something oh uh, yeah sure could be a happy accident um a super interesting uh uh YouTube channel, Coasterbot, released a video recently about the science behind cues and what makes a good cue, and something they pointed out was that um a narrow cue can make it feel like a queue is moving much faster than maybe it actually is. Huh. Um, and there there are a couple of points um, in the Big Thunder Mountain queue that do that, uh, particularly with the, the dual loading station, yeah. um, which is another really rare roller coaster type uh, loading uh, strategy. Um, especially when you're going up the stairs there, it gets so narrow that it's only, you know, like one person wide. I feel like once you're underneath the entrance to the attraction, uh, sign, you're looking at like 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is, is using the, uh, the line split, um, as well as just keeping it sort of narrow, um, throughout just to, to make it feel like you're moving along at a, at a good pace, um, so I think uh you know there are a lot of really showy elements of Star Tours that make waiting inside uh, quite enjoyable um you know you've you got C3PO you've got R2D2 you've got the the tourism videos going in that main room um it's nice and cool on a hot day I think I'm going to go with Big Thunder here though just because I appreciate the ambiance a little bit more sure. um and and I'm starting to sour on Star Wars just a bit I think <laughs> so this tie break is going to go to test
2: yeah, I, I mean, you guys know I love Big Thunder Mountain, so there's going to be some bias in there. So I, I'm trying to push that out of my brain. Um, I, I hear what both of you are saying. I also love a good air-conditioned indoor queue. Um, you know, that that's a big thing that I have to think about when I go to the parks and I go all year round, you know, what am I willing to wait in line for, especially on a hot day? And, you know, normally Big Thunder Mountain has certain elements that I don't love in a queue, you know, not a lot of shade. Um, when I was watching a queue uh, video uh, to uh, prepare for the bracket, I chose the video that it was a very busy day. So all the narrow lines were filled with people and my anxiety got triggered even though I wasn't even there. <laughs> um, so that aside, you know, if it's a if it's, you know, kind of a Fast move, fast moving queue day, and you get to experience the train going by and the tavern and like or the caverns and the music and everything. It's just I don't know. It's just such a beautiful place to be. It's one of my favorite places in the park. So even though Star Tours has the air conditioning and all that, it just I feel like it's been kind of played out, and I'm like. If I have to sit and wait in that room, even though it's air conditioned, I'm pretty bored. And I'm usually not bored at the Big Thunder queue. So I'm moving on Big Thunder.
0: All right. Just big Thunder with the marginal upset win. Um, and we avoid the Star Wars v. Star Wars matchup <laughs> in the round of eight here. Um, all right. So let's move on down to number four, Indiana Jones Adventure versus number 13, Roger Rabbit Cartoon Spin. Um, admittedly, Roger Rabbit is not an attraction I find myself on very often, but from what I can remember of the queue, it's, um, kind of a narrow indoor queue that winds through sort of like a back alleyway vibe with lots of crates and barrels of, uh, the dip. Yeah, Uh, And, um, it's sort of, uh, dimly lit, supposed to kind of give off that, uh, mystery crime uh film noir type vibe to to set you up for the uh the aesthetic of the attraction um like the Matterhorn there is a large section of the Roger Rabbit queue that tends to wrap um outside around that big fountain area um to the right when you're entering Toontown so that's um something you see frequently filled with people as well as far as music goes, I want to say it's like a like screeching tires and like people yelling at you and like weasels like ch- chatting behind closed doors or something. Yeah,
1: it's like every corner that you turn is a different vignette, so whether it's like Baby Herman or it's Jessica in mm. her dressing room or the weasels planning to to get Roger, there's not really music, it's just like white noise, the bubbling mm, of dip yeah. the kind of, you know, noise on the street sort of thing with these random bits of dialogue. Uh depending on which corner you turn as you make your way through the queue.
0: Yeah. So definitely atmospheric and I think worthy of being on this bracket. But it's going up against Indiana Jones, which is an absolute beast of an attraction that can see queues reach over two hours uh w- without breaking a sweat, really. Yeah. Um, There's so many different little segments of this Indiana Jones cue, from the switchback in front of the temple, going up the little ramp through the bamboo forest, um, down around the uh, the statue with this the, the uh, obelisk, deep into the guano bat. Sh- tunnel, uh, (laughs) all past the, the falling ceiling, the booby traps, the dude in the, uh, on a rope digging out the bottom of the, uh, excavation site, the solid video up and around down to the dual loading platform. There's just tons to look at, um, the entire time. I guess if I was going to point out something that is sort of annoying, um, is that you lose cell phone service. (laughs) <laughs> Eventually, you get that deep down um, uh, because you got to go underneath the berm um, to get out to that Indiana Jones show building, so uh, that can be frustrating in 2022. Sure. Um, and also, um, the the queue was you know so long um, when the ride opened, and they anticipated this. Um, that I'm sure a lot of you know that they they created uh, coded messages. Um, on the, the walls of the queue, um, the temple. And they used to hand out little decoder cards so that you could uh, figure out what the, the warnings that were written or whatever. And I think that's a really cool uh, immersive aspect that I wish they had some kind of QR code that you could scan now and like eliminate the card but bring back the uh, experience.
1: Well, you're in luck, Chris. Because if you download the Play Disney Parks app, you can have that decoder on your phone as you make your way through the queue.
0: Perfect. It's back. Baby.
1: It's back. But
2: how does but how does it work if there's no service?
1: And you better have that screen loaded and ready to rock and roll. Screenshot before you enter it. that Screenshot.
0: Temple. It. Screenshot it, baby. Love the nature sounds outside the temple. Yes. Um, little, little, uh, scratchy, uh, phonograph playing, or maybe it's a, a radio generator or something yep. like that. Um, all of the lighting cues in the queue are, are great. Um, yeah, it's, it's an enjoyable experience for me, even though it can be long. Um, definitely gets you hype um, to hop on the ride. And it's it's really sort of like uh, fitting uh, with this, the story of the attraction as well and like sets up uh, why you're getting on this ride. Uh, so love that. I, I got Indiana Jones easily here.
1: Yeah, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin is probably one of my favorite cues in the park uh, because I love making my way through this Roger Rabbit story. I really enjoy that movie. But when it's up against something like Indiana Jones, come on. Come on. Indiana Jones is partly known for its queue <laughs> when people talk about that attraction. Not even just the ride itself, but uh, the the queue and how detailed and immersive it is. So I agree with you. It's going to be Indiana Jones. Tests any qualms with that?
2: Uh, I actually really love the Roger Rabbit Q, Rabbit Queue probably more than the attraction itself. The attraction itself is yes. fine, but I really do like the queue. Um it's something that I would never fast pass because then you don't get that experience. So um, right. I'm I'm actually sad to see it go because it's it's pretty fun. It, it's a lot like walking through Mickey or Minnie's house. It's just an experience within itself.
1: Sure. Um, quick Roger Rabbit Q story. Last time oh, baby. Uh, Nina and I went on it. <laughs> we were going through the queue and there is a person a loud like bang behind us and we turned around and someone was attempting to get their motor scooter through that queue oh no, oh no. <laughs> and it's like it's very windy like you basically like go right and then immediately go around a left bend and then immediately go around a right bend so there's no way that like a scooter can maneuver But they are backing their way out and then they made it through that first turn and they're going to have to do it all again. And when we got off the ride, Nina and I both said, legend has it. She's still there. (laughs) She's she's still in Roger Rabbit's queue. So if uh, you go on that attraction when Toontown opens and you see uh, the ghost of the scooter lady. That's exactly what happened. She got stuck there forever.
0: That's it's exactly the scene in Austin Powers when he's stuck in the <laughs> little cart, like in the narrow hallway. Exactly. Uh, that Yeah, she went on her own cartoon spin, I guess, <laughs> as she went through the queue there.
1: All right. And speaking of ghosts. Yeah, speaking of ghosts, and she may be inhabiting this next attraction. It's the number five haunted mansion versus the number 12. Soren and Chris, I'm going to keep this one short. Soren has a great cue for what it is. There's a long outdoor switchback outside of the airplane hangar. What's nice about it is that there's misters. So on a hot day, you get you get a little mist on you. But once you make your way through the hangar doors, it's just one downslope straightaway with a bunch of random aviation facts all around you. A bunch of different artifacts, a bunch of different Uh, photos and then you get put into your little holding area and this is the best part of the attraction is that you know you get the patrick spiel the greatest spiel in the resort Uh, arguably in this matchup you get the two greatest narrations in the resort uh, with patrick spiel and with the ghost host Uh, so you know soren's great for that spiel but everything else about it is you better fast pass because you're going to go absolutely insane. You're going to have a California Great America demon breakdown <laughs> if you have to stand <laughs> outside of that hangar, going back and forth through the misters, just wanting to get into that room. And then once you're in that hangar, you still got a solid 25 minutes before you even make it up to the front. So uh, Haunted Mansion is obviously the winner here uh, from the immersion. Once you walk through the estate gates, Make your way through the garden. Make your way through the cemetery into the foyer, into the stretching room, down the corridor into your doom buggy. It's just a great experience all around. Number five's moving on.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes, all of all of those things true about Haunted Mansion, and I'm going to agree with you pretty easily here. But I want to say a few more things about the Soarin' line. Uh, Another attraction where you lose cell service. Like once you go down that first ramp past the aviation history. Bye-bye. Bye-bye to those bars on your phone because you're not getting them back until you get off this thing. Yep. Um, the aviation history hallway is interesting. Um, it is kind of cool if you're into that sort of thing sure. and there are people that are, but I am not. Nope. Um, it's sort of like trains where like people are playing crazy and they love aviation and I'm sure there's an appreciation for it. That is to be found somewhere, but not by, by me. <laughs> um, but it's it can be sort of brutal. Like the outdoor section is brutal, but that indoor section can be brutal as well. Just like standing down one long ramp and then turn left or right and you're waiting down another long ramp and then you go down a, a hallway with it's like you, you get put inside of a cage yeah. with a bunch of people. Um, and you watched, yes, the Patrick Warburton videos, great, but um the worst part, absolute worst part about the Soren queue, no one knows how to board the attraction. Uh. It's like row one, row two, row T, okay, row one, come with us, and then row two, follow row one, yeah. and then row three, follow row two. And like the cast member just nopes out yep. at the very beginning. And then the person who's at the front of row two, if they don't go, the whole thing breaks down. Exactly. And it's like, okay, does row three go to the front or does row three go to the back? Uh, do we go left or do we go right down this aisle? Like, we don't know. Like, super confusing. Um, and then you have people like um, trying to create buffer seats when they when they have to seat themselves on the uh, the little glider cars because they don't realize that like every seat is accounted for. Um, so it just it gets uh, boarding that attraction is just sloppy. <laughs> They should call it sloppy sore. Sloppy sorry. <laughs> Slopping over California. No. Um, <laughs> uh, going with haunted mansion. Uh, Paul Frees, iconic. Let's uh, go, baby. Uh, Tess, do you agree?
2: I agree. Although you know, I, I will. Out of all the things in the universe that I would threaten to boycott, you know, I was one of those like don't take this away from me thing if they take out the patrick intro i would be yeah. so sad i and i would
1: burning be down so california adventure fans gate if that thing goes goes it's away
2: just, the lines are just so funny it's just so it's so dumb and so wonderful after all these years they're like oh these little beauties. nice work pal yep. it's so stupid yep. and i love it so much
0: Okay, well, let's hop over to the other side of the bracket where we've got number two, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout <laughs> versus number 15, Pirates of the Caribbean, and here we go. Oh,
1: yes. Here we go, guys.
0: Not only do we have Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout um, to talk about, but it's the number two seed. Yeah. Um, and And just... I like tears are kind of like welling up in my eye right now <laughs> as I remember how the Tower of Terror queue yes. would have been number one on this bracket. <laughs> Probably. Because it is just that good. Or it just was that good. Um it still is good in in Defunct Land. Um but I, I and I don't want to spend 15 minutes talking about everything that used to be in the Tower of Terror queue, but it was just <sighs> such a great, like love letter to the twilight zone for totally. people like us who know the show. And, and there are a lot of little references that were in there and just, uh, the, the mood and the way that they kind of, um, built the anticipation for the, the drop tower element and the way that the bell hops acted like it was all just so freaking good. Yeah. And now we have guardians of the galaxy mission breakout, um, to take its spot. And it is, Immersive in its own way, um, in that you feel like you are in uh someone's whatever museum, uh-huh. i guess um in that space that used to be the lobby, I guess that's pretty cool um the boiler room still feels super like. Incomplete. Yeah, you know, like it's such a big space, um, and they're like, "Well, there's no way we're gonna like completely reimagine this whole area, so we'll just pretend that it's like the boiler room of wherever we're at," mm-hmm. which doesn't really like make a whole lot of sense. You know, like <laughs> the, it made sense in Tower of Terror because we're going on the maintenance elevator, so you got to go into the boiler room mm-hmm. to get on it. But it's right. like, why are we in the boiler room to go on the mission breakout? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but there's a there's a, there's a Matterhorn Yeti in it. There is? Harold. And that's really cool. That's really cool because, you know, the best way to get Disney fans to uh, like something is to just throw in some nostalgia, <laughs> throw in some Parks nostalgia, and people are going to go crazy for it. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then in the middle, you've got the Rocket Raccoon video thing that used to be the Rod Serling video <laughs> that was really good, but now it's Rocket Raccoon. And admittedly, I have only been on this version of the attraction, I think, one time, and it was during COVID, so I missed the rocket. Mm. Uh, I missed the. I think the last time we went before COVID was the like goodbye, like final checkout, okay. Tower of Terror final checkout or whatever. So,
1: yeah, and luckily the new one's more than just the video because you get the rocket animatronic that pops up and speaks to you, and I think that's why we go into the into like the boiler room is because he's kind of hijacked this thing. So now we are going on this bootleg journey. But what doesn't make sense about that theory is that the people that work the museum are still the ones that load you into your vehicle. So it's not like we we escaped and now we're taking a separate elevator to try and go help the guardians. It's like Rocket hijacked the spiel in the room, told us the plan, and now we're going we're still going on the museum tour. It's uh yeah. Anyways. <laughs>
0: um, exactly. It makes no sense. So then, uh, but, but like, I will admit rocket is one of my favorite, uh, guardians characters and like one of my favorite Avengers, uh, voices. Um, so that, so it's cool. I mean, I like the animatronic from what I've seen in video. Um, but yeah, he was just like a frozen statue when I walked through there. Yeah. Um, Going up against Pirates of the Caribbean and we just talked about how they got to do something with this Pirates Overflow. Yeah. And guess what? They're doing it. Sounds
1: like they are. Because
0: they're, they're completely tearing up the pavement um, all along that waterfront. And I'm very interested to see what it's going to look like because I think they're removing a lot of the planters um, and, and being like, oh, yeah, that's just a lot of like wasted space. And they're somehow going to make it level but also make phantasmic viewing possible. Right. So what I really hope is it's not just like a slanted like area because that would make it really annoying mm-hmm. to stand on. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know either. But regardless, um, this queue is kind of up in the air uh, based on when we're recording this. So let's just take it from when you enter the arches, the double arches underneath uh, that that kind of bridge. One of my favorite games to play which way you going to go. go? And it's a game I don't even just play at Disney parks, but I play it at TSA. (laughs) I'll play it at the grocery store. I'll pick pick the person who was in front of me in the line that I didn't choose to go in. And I'll say, who is going to make it through this thing first? (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to be out the door before the other person? I mean, I got to tell you, my heart has been broken on Pirates of the Caribbean a few too many times. Sure. Because I feel like I always pick the wrong one. Um you go left, you go up and around, and then you have to go back down that alleyway through the house. Yes. That you can't see uh the other when you're going. yeah, but you're on the other like side of
1: little, the the queue. So those those windows are the windows that are along the inside of the queue. People will be tapping them. Exactly.
0: So you can play some games with people on the <laughs> other side. It's fun. Um you go up the right side. You've got a little kind of extended portion out in front before you go into the building, but then you're right along the water. Right, you're looking straight at people as they're riding those boats coming back into the dock. Funny uh, little family story. Uh, Elizabeth dropped a pair of sunglasses in that water one time. Oh, probably no. probably 2006 or 2007. She she had them in her hand and accidentally bumped her hand on a on a pole or something. Those glasses just fell right into the oh, water, no. and that was. Game over. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I think the smell of Pirates water and that little queue that little uh, pre-ride Pirates loop uh, gets me pretty stoked. Um, and you've got that little blue bayou ambiance as well as you're docking, uh, as you're boarding the boat on the dock. I, I have a vendetta against Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm going to stick to it. So I got Pirates in the upset.
1: Guardians Overflow similar to the tower overflow where you are in like the garden of the building uh, to the left of the attraction and you're in switchback hell over there mm. back, and forth, yeah. back and forth back and forth back and forth then you finally get into the i guess museum lobby i would assume is what that is supposed to be and you're making your way through and you there's a bunch of marvel references some disney parks references then you finally make your way to the library where you get the rocket thing and then into the disjointed boiler room here's what i love and hate about when disney goes a little too ham with the immersion is that when disney goes over the top people be getting distracted And that Mm. line in that museum period, because it's not just a bunch of like display cases. There's a a full on show going on uh, in the screens where you see the guardians being held and they're you know making their little quips at each other and stuff. And you get a little bit of background context. If you've never been on or seen a Marvel movie or have no idea who these people are, you get a pretty good taste of it, which is really good. But like they're trying to load up these libraries as full as they can. And like the cast members, especially in the COVID era, aren't walking down the line and like yelling at you to move forward. So if people get stuck looking at something, looking at a screen. That line just gets held up. And not only are you frustrated from the switch back outside, but now you're real frustrated with the people in front of you. Um, so I don't I don't like that. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy experience and the Easter eggs and all of that, the references and all that stuff. The library pre-show is phenomenal. That's going to be, I think, on our best pre-show bracket one of these days because I think it's just really well done and very surprising, especially for somebody that hasn't been on it before. And they, they're like, whoa, this, ra- this raccoon's talking to me. And it's very lifelike and very smooth and really great. But then, yes, you have to go sit through a second set of lines. And even then, you have to, once again, give your party number and you get corralled into a space before you even get to enter. And then you like it's it's the issue that even existed with Tower of Terror uh, with that boiler room line flow. It's just not fun. It's actually kind of frustrating. And you might have to walk up some steps (laughs) if you if you have to go to the upstairs loading or the downstairs. It's just. It can be more frustrating than fun sometimes, but so can pirates pirates when it overflows and you have to stand in that switchback on the bridge. And the line is forever moving. You get the cast member with the never ending rope that is continually just bringing it out with the with the Mm. staff that says line starts here. Mm. It's not a fun experience for anyone involved, because not only are you standing exposed to the Southern California sun and the elements, but then you got the people that are just trying to cross over that bridge and it creates this bottleneck that is not fun. Left side, best side, baby. You got to go left. Because once you go left and you go through that little that little alleyway next to the pirates man, the pirates uh, estate house, I love that part of the queue. I love that part of the queue. I'm not too fond. I don't care about going up and seeing the, the waterfront. I like getting back into this area that like unless you're standing in line, you don't really get to access. So I love that part of it. And then you you get hit with that pirate water once you walk through the, the doors. You get the little pirate figures in history painted on the walls. And then you walk onto a legitimate boat landing, Lafitte's Landing. And you get to, if you're on the left side, you get to go all the way down to the end of the landing to load. If you're on the right, you get stopped before them and you, you load onto the boats there. You get the barker bird that is the parrot sitting on the, the shores of the ride. You get to see the people coming around. It's it's that I I just love that a lot. And Of course, I'm biased because I'm I'm Pirates boy over here. Um, so I you know I think I think I I think I'm going to do the upset. And I, we're gonna we're gonna get hated on it for it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Pirates because Let's go. because my experience with Guardians has always been more frustrating than fun, and with Pirates that isn't always the case. Because I'm usually know what you're getting into, uh, maybe you know, maybe I'm just not as big of a Marvel person as as the next person, but uh, I think that Pirates does a good job of keeping you in that New Orleans element, outdoors, as if you're in a a backyard garden, but you're in the front with the little with the um, the fountain with the trees. We'll see what those trees look like when this queue returns around the state into the little square. You go into the the state itself. And then you can't go wrong with standing at, at the landing and looking over at this restaurant, the Blue Bayou. I think it's great, Disney Magic. I'm going with the 15 as well. Tess, we have a 15-2 upset. You are, uh, your eyes are closed. You're rubbing your temples. You're a little distressed. Tell us what you think about that choice. You
2: guys are just wrong. That's we it. Are, that's, that's it, you know? <laughs> it's just like pirates, like, I, like if a pirate's, if the Pirates queue is fast, like, if it's a no wait or, like, a minimal wait, it's great. But it is the worst extended queue in the universe. Like, I, I will, if it's in the extended queue, I'm not writing it. I'm, I'm just not. I love Pirates, um, but it's supposed to be, like, Pirates is, like, a relaxing, like, I'm tired. I want to sit and do this. And I'm not going to stand in 40 minutes of hell in order to do that. Um, <laughs> so you're just wrong. You know, the extended queue for Guardians, um, if you're just, like, in the garden area, at least it's shaded. It's It's not, but at least it's shaded, and it's not as never-ending as other places. And for me, because you have to wait in that extended queue once you get to the museum, I'm fine if the line is slow at the, the lobby area of Guardians because I, again, I don't like people in my space, so when they stuff you into the waiting area before you get into the rocket room. If they do it too early, it is so it is a very uncomfortable space for me and I don't want to be sitting there. So I'd rather they do it last minute so that I can just get in, hang out with Rocket, which by the way, Chris, you need to get over yourself and go experience that because that's one of the best animatronics in the in both parks is Rocket. He is fantastic. It is so fun. Um I don't know. So you guys are wrong. It's fine. Whatever. Bye.
0: <laughs> um, and and uh, what I would just like to point out another attraction that people don't know how to get onto the ride vehicle. Yeah, that's
1: another. Two no, that one's No, back, that one has a the diagram.
2: Front. That one has a diagram. That one's so much yeah, easier.
0: Yeah. People don't. People read don't that. read.
2: But the people guy standing there, it's not like just one sure. and done yeah. with Soren. Like the guy's there to be like, okay, you go this way, you go this way. Like it's very clear. It's not. It's not as you know it's a lot when it
1: when it all when it all breaks down is when there's a goddamn seven year old leading his family group and he doesn't remember which row is which and he's going right but he's supposed to go left and it's causing a backup stupid kids get them out of my park parks aren't for kids all right let's move on let's move on to this next matchup it's the number seven spider-man web slingers and number 10 space mountain and i hate both of these cues uh (laughs) a lot these cues suck Number seven, Spider-Man. Uh, We talked about the Web Slingers experience at some point, And I don't remember if it was Jerry's gang or if it was uh, on the main show. But I equated it to a Six Flags queue, which is no uh, no diss to Six Flags. uh, But mm. it just feels like it was <laughs> m- like attempted theming, which is what Six Flags often does. It's like, you know, what can we get away with that isn't just a series of switchbacks and especially the outdoor portion of web slingers is just that Uh, you walk through a ton of switchbacks overhead in the corners of the buildings. You have these massive metal fans that are at least keeping you cool from the concrete jungle that is Avengers campus. But as you're walking through, there are these like random contraptions in the middle of the switchbacks, very similar to, you know, a, a Batman ride at Six Flags. There's a bunch of random infographics on the walls of this exterior queue and you're just going back and forth back and forth into different little holding areas and it's not super enjoyable. And then finally you get into the uh the web building and you get put into the what is like at the check-in desk at like a a school and you finally make your way into The Peter Parker's workshop where he explains, you know, what they're building here. This is a an academy for these inventors, and and he has this new invention, which is this like spider bot thing that ends up multiplying itself and gets out of hand, and we have to go on this journey to save that to save uh, the city, I guess, and get rid of all these spider bots. Really impressive use of that kind of screen technology with Peter Parker. He looks really good, Uh, back behind the desk. A lot of great elements. The uh vent above the you know the pre-show is has a screen behind it. So when the spider bots multiply, they go crawling through the vent and it looks like they're up there. And I think that's really clever of them to do. And it happens in the the rest of the queue as well, because once you leave that, you're like in the hallways of the academy. And it's you you don't have to do a ton there. Just put on some checkered floors throw up some bulletin boards, throw up the double-colored striping of the hallways, and you feel like you're in some sort of high school or, you know, college prep school as you're making your way into the loading dock. So, you know, that's about it. You're making your way through this literal open house. They, there's a banner that hangs above the check-in space that says that it's the Web Academy's open house. So, uh, yeah, it's it feels very... Like I said, six flags. And I don't I don't know that I really enjoy that. In fact, I don't at all. Number ten is Space Mountain, which they Space Mountain has an issue of like what it was once upon a time to what it is now. You used to be able to take this like moving sidewalk up and skip that kind of random walk around Mm -hmm. pizza planet. You used to get to go right up to the roof and then you would start the the queue there. That's not the case anymore. So you gotta walk up this really random 1995 mall aesthetic area, carpeted floor that you're walking up, and you get to the 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 queue where it tells you how long the line's gonna be, and then you just start walking, and you're walking, and if it's a, a crowded day, you're gonna be standing in a couple of different switchback areas. You're gonna walk up, and you might be put into this massive holding terminal, which is at least indoors and air conditioned, very minimally themed. They got a couple of screens with some like spaceship stuff. There's like massive models of, I think, like planets and spaceships that are above you, but it's not very themed. It kind of looks like a, a convention center room almost. And then you leave that and now you're in the outdoor space switch back from Hades itself. And it is not a fun experience. All you want to do is get to the mouth of the spaceport, Space Station 77, and get in through the... the person that's waiting for the fast pass folks so once you do this is the most enjoyable part if you don't have to stop once you stop things get a little claustrophobic and stinky because you got a bunch of kids farting in there and it's not fun but mm. you can walk through what feels like a spaceport and what you would as a kid would imagine a spaceport would be these kind of almost like uh, uh i guess like hexagon shaped hallways that you're walking through with the white walls and the red lighting and you're you're going down each corridor you're making the left go down make it right you keep going down, down down until you finally make it into the landing or the loading area which opens up to this massive room it's a great reveal you go out of the hallway and all of a sudden boom you got a massive spaceship above you the, the noise of the the boosters like revving up and, and almost as the, if they're testing the boosters, the sounds of the ride going, going, going below. Uh, and what I like about this is that you get to kind of go around the entire circumference of the room uh, as you're making your way down into the le- loading area. And I like that because it kind of gives you a 360 view of the entire the entire space, which is well-themed. It looks like a spaceport. Uh, and things are moving because they have to. And we've talked about the the attraction itself and the high stress situation that these cast members have to be in to load those things, get them on the track before the next train comes. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that portion of the queue. And so I think that Space Mountain here is actually the winner, even though Spider-Man has the impressive pre-show element with the Peter Parker room. Otherwise, you are freaking miserable outside before you enter that web building and that's not a good way to start. And also the only time that I've been on this ride, we got stuck in the school portion of the queue for about 30 minutes. We were just sitting there and that queue uh, background music loop is about three minutes long. So you can just imagine how awful it was to sit through. It's a great queue. I love the theme, Spider-Man theme itself, but not on repeat. It was nauseating. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Space Mountain here.
0: Have either of you been in the web slingers overflow backstage queue?
1: No. No.
0: So, I made it to uh Avengers campus like days after it was open. Um right. it, it was maybe the first day that you didn't need a reservation just to go into the land itself. Um and we got an early boarding pass and they needed to open up the overflow And it was like one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had (laughs) at a Disney park because it was like this weird backstage area behind what used to be the Bug's Life Theater, also behind the uh, Animation Academy, and also behind the Playhouse Disney. Um, It was this, and also like the dumpster of the Pym Test Kitchen. (laughs) It's like this little, this little like, I don't know. It must be where they normally like park utility carts or Uh. something because um, all we had was like yellow tape on the ground um, to kind of like tell us where we should be standing and stuff. Right. Um, And like mixed with the social distancing requirements at the time. So I don't like that, but I guess good to know neither of you have had to do that. So maybe that was a kind of a once in a attraction lifetime experience, or maybe um, even
2: where they might where they might exit people, like if the ride breaks down too. It's just
1: ah like, uh, yeah
2: you know, yeah because I had yeah. a similar experience yep. when I got exited off the rise queue that it was I didn't feel like I should be there mm. kind
0: of thing. Oh, okay. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Could be. Um, I don't like Spider Man. Okay. Um, I'm not. Uh, of all of the Marvel heroes that we currently have in in the rotation, Spider-Man is the one I find probably least interesting. Um, I will say that um, the, uh, not the most recent one, but the one before that, the one when he went to like yeah. Paris or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember where it was. I liked that one and I liked the way he was kind of like trying to be a high school kid at the same time as he, like I liked that movie, but. Just in general, I don't really find his story super compelling. Probably because we've seen it told a few times now. Sure. Um. So the the pre-show cue and like Tom Holland as like a show-stopping, uh cue element don't really move the needle for me. So uh, I'm I think I'm with you that the Spider-Man web slingers cue does not blow me away even with that um that pre-show. Um. I think that they were trying to do a lot with a little space. Um, with with the spider-man queue so i understand uh the way it's laid out uh space mountain i i, I like the show stopping uh element that you are talking about with the spaceship and the loading platform below uh, much better uh sure that outdoor section is is brutal um, and can be hot as well um, when the when the standby queue is quite long but once you're inside, I think you're you're pretty much in the clear, which is why uh, uh Space Mountain fast pass is I think is one of the most effective fast passes you can get. Yeah,
1: thousand percent.
0: I have a couple of good Space Mountain queue stories for y'all that I will save for the next episode. Um, <laughs> but let's move Space Mountain on. Uh, Tess, do you agree there?
2: Um, not necessarily, because I I think again the Space Mountain queue is just boring and the outdoor part is brutal. Although, if I had been stuck on the indoor part of Wed Slingers, I would probably feel similar to Kyle. Um, but one part yes. of the queue that's really fun, that if you are in, I think, in the right showroom, you get a better um, uh, visual of it, is the, I love looking at the lockers. I don't know if you guys noticed that, that they have their own lockers. Yeah. You see the yeah. MJ has her stuff written all over hers and stuff. So I think that is probably the the, the cutest nod to the movies that they did. I like that area,
0: so, but it's yeah. fine. <laughs> All right, let's move it on to the number three Millennium Falcon, smugglers run versus number 14 Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. So something that I think is really easy to forget is that the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters queue was like mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, when it opened that Buzz Lightyear animatronic with the projection face was yeah. like cutting edge revolutionary stuff at the time, and I mean, it, it, you look at it now, and it really feels so dated, but at the time, it was just uh, unreal, yeah. almost. Um, I think
1: that the, the face, that technology, especially when you're up close, definitely feels outdated. But what I think has stood the test of time is the fluid motion of that animatronic. Sure, sure. I think they've upkept that very well.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely still a a great piece um, of an otherwise pretty boring queue. (laughs) But I think we got to give credit where credit's due um, that that was uh, really a a monumental step forward in animatronics. And um, we see attractions like Frozen Ever After utilizing similar technology, but executed at a much higher level now. Yep. And it looks so good. Uh, You got an outdoor section um, that is usually pretty simple. Little switchback sometimes that crawls up along the rocks back towards Pixie Hollow. Um, and then you get inside and uh, just wrap around a little wall up around Buzz Lightyear, and boom, you're pretty much right there on the uh, loading platform. Another Omni Mover attraction yep. that I feel like would make the line move quickly if not for the fast pass yeah. insertion point. I don't know. What is that called when you when the lines meet up if there's like an official name for it but i i don't yeah. know what it is i don't know either it's like the the meet point the confluence <laughs> point the the Converging i don't know the anti fork in the, the road m- <laughs> yeah the uh, anyways um yeah so like one little thing that i i don't know that this has been documented anywhere but a lot of the illustrations of the attraction on the wall. It's like a little cartoon of like little green men, like playing the game. And it, there's a lot of like instructional kind of stuff. Um, but a lot of the scores on the ride vehicles, uh, are, I feel like our dates of people. Cause it would uh, be like, yeah. it will be like 1204 59 or something. And it's like, okay, that, that seems like probably the birthday of someone involved on this attraction. Yeah. Could be. Um, there's a few, uh, Instances like that, as well as like just like random initials, yep. um, sprinkled throughout the queue. So, um, not that that makes it good, but it it's uh it's got that Pixar energy, you know, where like the the artists are constantly kind of referencing themselves and um, kind of uh, supporting each other, I guess, in a way. So, and that's there. Uh, yeah, y'all read the signs in the queue. Yeah, like. Like, if you want a high score on the ride, read the signs. Yeah. They tell you exactly how to do <laughs> it. Aim for, aim for the triangle. Aim for the diamond. <laughs> Wait for it to light up, then then aim for it. Yep. Do you remember when there used to be an online video game? Yep. Where you, you would, like, sync up with someone who was actually on the attraction, wow. and, and, like, your performance you in the them. game would yep. light up. They would light up targets for the people that were playing in the park and it would give you like a combined score. Right.
1: Yep. I remember that.
0: Yeah, I totally forgot about that until right now. <laughs> um I wanna say I wanna say there were some like virtual magic Kingdom prizes you could win oh, I'm uh sure. by playing that game. I can't remember what they were off the top of my head, but um Buzz like your astral blasters. Fun ride. Fun fun ride. Yeah. Um Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, another attraction I'm not sure I got the complete experience on due to me riding it during the pandemic. Um, We got a a very similar kind of like backstage overflow queue experience, Um, but it seemed like there was an attempt at theming a little bit. We went through these giant, they looked like loading doors, and there were a bunch of like... uh, uh, shipping containers like stacked up oh. that were painted to look sort of like Batuu or something. Sure. Um, so it it felt a little bit more appropriate, I guess, um, than the Spider Man one, but it was still a little bit lackluster. Uh, I I guess there's there's like a a major like Millennium Falcon element to this queue that I think I completely missed out on. Um, because we were pretty much funneled from the outside directly into our little pod. Uh, Is that right? Is there like a little, you, you get the opportunity to like chill in like, what is the, the ship?
1: Yep. Yep. You, you make your way through basically what is like a massive garage, um, in many different areas of this garage, you encounter Hondo, who gives you the spiel and a very impressive oh, animatronic, that guy. Um, yeah. which is the show-stopping element or the cue-stopping element of this entire line, and then you get put into the Millennium Falcon itself. You like walk down a corridor that puts you onto the ship, and then you're in that entire portion of the ship where there's mm. that little booth where they play yeah. that, that game, and... All of the different elements it's all white like it looks just like the millennium falcon and that's a big thing for this attraction before you even get to go load into your little pods uh,
0: so it's interesting because even without experiencing any of that stuff uh one of my favorite parts of my bat probably my favorite part of my galaxy's edge experience. Um, and one of my favorite parts of the whole day I had at Disney that day was in the smugglers run line. Um, just winding around the millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they did such a good job with that piece. Um, it's so cool. And Chewbacca was down there like doing repairs (laughs) on it. And he's, you know, (laughs) yelling at people and going back to his toolbox and posing for photos and stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought that that gave the area such a real quality to it. Um and I really appreciated that and it made the queue go by so fast and I wanted it to stop. I wanted to be like I want to sit here and watch this guy for a little bit because yeah. this is actually really entertaining seeing uh this actor do do the character in in a way that's so real. Um So yeah, and and like and that was something that was teased when When Galaxy's Edge was announced, we're like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's not going to be like just you know characters are doing meet and greets. Like they're going to be out and about. It's going to feel like they're you know doing jobs that they have to do in Batu." And so, yeah, the fact that that's included in the in the Smuggler's Run line, I think, is awesome. Uh, I think I have it advancing over Buzz Lightyear um on the weight of that one experience alone. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. I love the toy aspect of Buzz Lightyear and as you walk through even those panels with the little green men showing you how to go on this attraction the bolts and the screws that are in the wall are like massive I like those little toy story elements the animatronic is still very impressive for its time but you match that up against something like the hondo animatronic and it's just a whole different ball game it's that thing is insane I don't even know who that character is And I love (laughs) sitting there and watching it. And I'm pretty sure it's uh, the voice of Hondo is Jim Cummings, uh, Disney legend. Nice. uh, Yeah, so I I agree with you. Smuggler's Run is definitely going to move on here. Tess, any issue with that?
2: Absolutely not.
1: Perfect. All right, final matchup. Let's move on to it. It's the number six Splash Mountain versus the number 11 Jungle Cruise. These two have very similar uh, vibes and cues. With Splash Mountain, you line up kind of at the exit of... Haunted Mansion. And then you make your way around the mountain into basically what's like a mill house. And it's uh, just this big barn with the Splash Mountain sign on it. And you make your way up and through this barn area that then transforms into this like brer burrow. And you're going through this dirt tunnel. You get a peek into the attraction at some points through these little openings. And then as you make that right, Boom, you're right there. You're in the loading platforms and you get to hop into your log and go on this adventure. So there's not a ton to it. Uh, in the mill, there's some like quotes from Uncle Remus and stuff. Uh, there's the the music of Song of the South is playing in the background. At least the the score is in the instrumental versions. But otherwise, uh, you're ma- basically just making your way from outside the attraction through this not so themed Uh, show this building into the the land loading platform. So it's basically Splash Mountain. And then similarly, you have the boathouse at Jungle Cruise. Uh, Since it's been redone, you kind of go through a little bit of a maze of this boathouse, depending on how many people there are. And that's what I think I appreciate about this a lot, is that it avoids any sort of overflow into Adventureland itself, which would absolutely screw up the the vibe of Adventureland and how it's just so narrow as it is you don't want people standing out there uh but now they can open up different parts of the boathouse itself and just house everybody in there and i like that so if you go on a a medium day you get to go upstairs and you go through as you're going through this boathouse it's kind of like everyone that's gone on the jungle cruise or all the skippers or all of the adventurers have brought things back photos uh, these like dried bugs, uh, things that they've discovered and they've hung them on a wall. So it's almost like you're walking through this active workspace of the explorers. You get the old timey radio, the, the skipper radio that's playing throughout the queue with some interruptions by the host who tells you what's happening along the river. And of course, those things are always wacky and, and involve some sort of pun. Uh, it's I just really enjoy that. Vibe. And they also pump in some noise of like the jungle itself. So you get a lot of the birds chirping, the the buzzing of jungle bugs. And then once you get to make your way back downstairs, uh, you are basically right on the dock behind the boathouse and you're ready to hop into your Jungle Cruise boat. Uh, I think that that experience fits not only its area in Adventureland a lot better than the walk around and through Critter Country that Splash Mountain makes you go through. But you at least get some deep theming within the boathouse that you do not get within that water mill area of Splash Mountain. So just based upon those two comparisons, I'm going with the 11 Jungle Cruise on to the next round.
0: I th- this is an example of one where I think I'm going to have to side with the the logistics of, of waiting in line. Um, and the way you describe the Jungle Cruise as this maze... Um, it's something that generally really frustrates me when I'm waiting in line. It's like you enter the building and it seems like you're pretty close, but oop, you got to go around a bunch of these switches. open oh, Now you got to go up the stairs and now you got to go into this room. And it's like every time you turn a corner, it's another giant maze section that you have to enter in. Um, and it can be really frustrating for me. Whereas Splash Mountain, I don't think there's a single moment where the queue switches back. Um it's just one giant super long single file line. Um and that keeps the queue really uh, interesting just visually and I think it makes the queue feel like it goes by um uh, much faster. Um love the the audio track that goes along with Splash Mountain big critter country vibes. Um uh, big uh big big Brayer vibes. <laughs> big Brayer brand Breer. Splash Mountain. Oh man. <laughs> So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and advance, uh, I'm going to wow. go ahead and advance splash here. So Tess is going to end this episode with a tie wow. break.
2: Oh, I did not expect that. That's funny. Um, yeah, I think the one thing that jungle cruise, um, that I don't enjoy again is the teeny tiny lines that can make you feel suffocated when it is busier. It takes a while for the next boat to come in. So that sure. can be stressful and I and I don't consider myself claustrophobic I think it's just that is really my only crowd experience that I do since COVID and so it just makes me more uncomfortable than it used to being around people in tight spaces um but Splash Mountain is just very one note um you know I I love the ambiance but I'm not gonna wait in line there forever you know so it's fine but I think there's I think there's a world to be explored when they um, change it to Princess and the Frog. I really hope they do something with the queue to make it a lot more interesting. Um, yeah, it's Jungle Cruise. We don't we don't need to move on Splash Mountain ever again on this podcast.
1: <laughs> All right, and that brings us to the end of the to the end of this episode. And with our Elite Eight bracket that we'll dive into next time, and it looks a little something like this. It's the number one Rise of the Resistance versus the number nine Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Down the brackets, the number four, Indiana Jones Adventure versus the number five, Haunted Mansion. Across the brackets, number 15, Pirates of the Caribbean versus number 10, Space Mountain. And then ending the Elite Eight. It is the number three, Smuggler's Run versus number 11, Jungle Cruise. Tess, thank you so much for bringing your park's expertise and nerding out with us on the best line. park <laughs> <out of the laughs> uh, Bracket here. We really appreciate it. and We can't wait to have you back on for part two.
2: Thanks for having me again. I always love coming on.
0: All right, everyone, you know how to reach us. Do you have something to say about these queues? Do you have something to say about pre-shows? Did we miss one? Is there one that you absolutely love? Or maybe a queue at the Disneyland Resort that you absolutely cannot stand in? Do you want to talk Nemo's Box Adventure? (laughs) Email us at at mousemadnesspodcast.gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All of those channels are linked in the description of this podcast episode. Or if you'd like to support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang, head to patreon.com slash mouse madness, where you can join us at the $5 level and become a part of the gang, gain access to two additional mouse madness episodes a month, as well as vote on our new bracket coming out next episode. We got a poll out there. So go vote on it. Jerry's gang. We've also got uh, our seasonal mouse madness trivia coming up next month. Uh, We would love to have you. Thanks for listening. And, uh, Oh, yeah. Have a nice flight.